welcome to Crossview Radio, weekly podcast for Wayne County. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We exist to glorify God by exalting Christ and magnifying the gospel for the joy of all nations. In the return of the king, Gandalf and Pippin are seeking to find Denethor, who has at this point gone mad and is about to end his own life and the life of his son in a murder-suicide. Upon finding the porter, one of their own men, dead, uh, of course killed by Denethor and his guards, Gandalf says this rather insightful statement. He says, quote, Work of the enemy, such deeds he loves, friend at war with friend, loyalty divided in a confusion of hearts, end quote. Friend at war with friend. If that is not a picture of where we are today. I don't know what is. One of the reasons why the woke movement is so destructive today is because it is so incredibly divisive. A Gallup poll came out recently asking what Americans thought about the relations between black and white Americans. The poll stretched from 2001 to 2021 until about 2015, according to the poll, most people believed that the relationship between black and white Americans was very good or somewhat good. After 2015, that switched so that the majority of people now believe that the relationship is very bad or somewhat bad. It doesn't take very long to see all the hate generated by the modern social justice movement. Several days ago, a young woman went viral for speaking at her father's funeral. Here's what this young girl said publicly at the funeral about her deceased father. But dad, please know that while I'm grateful and highly aware of all that you've given this family, I still don't miss you. When you died, I felt like there was a hole. I missed something, but it wasn't you. It was the idea of what you could become. I miss being able to hope and wish that one day you turn a corner and see the world from my perspective. I miss the idea that one day you might help me fight for the things that matter. I missed my fantasy of you. Because when you died, it solidified the fact that you'll never be what you could have been, but only what you are. And what you are is a racist, misogynistic, xenophobic, Trump-loving, cis-straight white man. That is all you will ever be to me. And Dad, before you tell me to respect the dead, please remember that you disrespected and disregarded the lives and deaths of entire communities of people with your ideology. You told me to never back down, so I won't. You know for a fact that even against you, I'm not afraid to share my peace. You are everything I aspire not to be, and I refuse to stand up here and sing the praises of a man who is the paradigm of white supremacy. So I'll take your racist mindset, I'll take your money, and I'll take your advice. And I swear to God I will make this world a better place, not at all because of you but in exact opposition to you. So much for love and tolerance and inclusivity. Of course, it's never been about love, and it's never been about tolerance, and it's never been about inclusivity. This is, in the words of Gandalf, the work of the enemy. In my vast and expansive 35 years of life on planet Earth, I've never seen neighbors, coworkers, family, and communities more divided than they are now. Look, even the Christian fundamentalists don't take separation this far. You think Christian fundamentalists went overboard on separation? Take a look at the woke fundamentalists. They're going to new lengths. People like to talk about unity today, but I don't know what is left for us to unite around. We have become so fractured and so bitter and so angry and so unforgiving and so spiteful and so hateful and so arrogant and so divided that we cannot agree on anything. 
Now, I believe that there is a way to peace, and I believe that there is a way to unity, and I believe that there is a way to hope. And I unapologetically believe that the hope that we can have is theological in nature. That is to say that this hope is in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. I believe that apart from Jesus Christ, this world will not find hope, that there is no restoration, there is no fellowship, and there is no joy possible apart from Christ. And I want to tell you about this hope today. The sin of partiality, which is at the heart of the social justice movement, is nothing new. James chapter 2 discusses this and exhorts us to refrain from making distinctions between people. All people are to be treated according to the same standard. The woke, of course, are not the first to invent partiality. They are not the first to seek to divide people. They are not the first to treat people as members of a class instead of as individuals. Today, it's Black versus white predominantly. Uh, There are other distinctions made. But it's always something. It's always this class versus this class. Interestingly enough, there was a time in American history where my ethnic ancestors, that is the Sicilians, were mistreated and abused. Southern Italians and Sicilians, uh, having darker complexions, were uh, abused. Uh, In uh, 1892, for example, there was a New Orleans lynching where 11 Italian immigrants were killed. They were also uh, victims of segregation in schools, movie theaters, and churches. Uh, One article says the following, quote, the racist myth that African Americans and Sicilians were both innately criminal drove an 1887 time story about a lynching victim in Mississippi. The victim was described as a half-breed who was the son of a Sicilian father and a mulatto mother and had the worst characteristics of both races in his makeup. He was cunning, treacherous, and cruel and was regarded in the community where he lived as an assassin by nature. He had the worst characteristics because he was a half-breed, according to this one article. The history of the human race is no doubt a history of partiality, but there is hope that we can be rescued from this madness, and this hope is in the gospel. In the New Testament, in those days, the sin of partiality took place primarily between Jews and Greeks. I want to read to you some Bible passages that give to us some insight in how that was reconciled or how that ought to have been reconciled in the New Testament days. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 17 says, Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, all were made to drink of one spirit. Romans 10, 12, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call him. He doesn't bestow his uh, riches on um, only the Jews or only the Greeks, but on all who will call upon him. 
Colossians 3 and verse 11. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all in all. Here's the point of all these passages. Stop viewing people as members of a class and start viewing them as individuals. Now, the next question that we have to ask is how we can create this kind of unity that the Bible is uh, promoting to us. Where can we find hope? And the answer is this. It's already been created. In a discussion on Jews and Gentiles, we read this in Ephesians 2, 14 through 16, for he, talking about Christ, himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. The point of this passage is that Jesus Christ has already done the reconciling work. The work is an objective work that is already finished, already complete. It's accomplished. You may recall, of course, from John 19.30, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is, it is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. The work of the cross, the work of reconciliation is completed You've no doubt heard the story of the Japanese soldiers who were unaware that World War II was over and continued to fight. Uh, one such soldier, uh, Hiro Onoda, surprisingly held his ground for 29 years in the Philippines after the war had ended. Leaflets were dropped from airplanes that uh, saying that the war was over, but he did not believe it. He actually thought that this was propaganda to get him to surrender or to give up. And finally, after 29 years, the only way to help him recognize that it was over was that Japan sent in his former commanding officer, who had actually at this time become a bookseller, and his former commanding officer officially relieved him uh, from his duty. When Jesus said, it is finished, he declared the war over. Enmity between God and man is ended, and consequently, reconciliation between men can finally be realized. Yet the woke don't believe it, and they keep the war alive. We don't have to fight anymore. Lay down your arms and come to Christ. The, go the gospel offers us full pardon and full sonship. His grace is free, and his mercy is more. The reality is everything is worse and better than we could ever imagine. It's worse because we're all oppressors, all of us. All of us are guilty. All of us are totally depraved. It's not one group or another group, but it's all of us. But it's better than we can ever imagine because my sin, the whole lot of it, can be pardoned in one act of grace, in one declaration, no penance required, no activism, just repentance and faith in Christ and Christ alone. 
Don't be consumed by envy and bitterness and division. Embrace Christ and his forgiveness and forgive your neighbor because Christ forgives you. The work of reconciliation doesn't need to be done. It's already done. It just needs to be accepted. We need to stop fighting because it already has been accomplished. Accept what Christ has done and lay down your arms. If you are someone who has been listening to this series and you would describe yourself as someone who is woke, I want to lovingly tell you to repent. I want to lovingly call you to Christ and His grace it's sufficient and it's better. And I want to end this podcast series. This is, I think, the 16th uh, part in this series on social justice that uh, we're concluding today. But I want to end this podcast series in the Bible, in Scripture. And I, and I want to share um, what the verse that I think is the ultimate and final biblical answer to the modern social justice movement. Because, of course, it points us to Christ, it points us to the gospel. And that verse, of course, is Galatians 3, in verse 28, that says this, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Thanks for listening to Crossview Radio. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. To find out more about Crossview Church, visit us online at crossvieworville.com.